0: hi everybody don't mind any scratching noises that you may hear it's just the cat wishing that she were standing right in front of the camera on the laptop we're getting echo from somewhere there There we we go go. (laughs) all right (laughs) anyway technical issues and cat noises aside we're glad that you're here welcome to uh the homemade family we're nathaniel and amy white for the homemade family and insight now and um we're going to have an awesome day today
1: yes we are um just a quick housekeeping you can find us on our website www.thehomemadefamily.com you can find it on insightnav.co co um, you can find us on spotify search for insight now and then look for kingdom family insights you can find us on youtube on the insight now channel or on the homemade family channel and as always, we are on our Facebook pages. And we do invite you guys to like and subscribe and share with your friends. Um, we share these videos uh, public so that you can just share them and everybody can see. Yep. It's great stuff.
0: Like, share, comment, interact.
1: Right. It's glorious. Put that up. <coughs> yep. Yes. So All right. thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we are going to be talking about family is nations and yes. um, just a kind of a powerful revelation that the Lord gave me. But uh, jumping in, I don't know. <laughs> I always feel a little weird sharing this, but I had actually been married previous to marrying Nathaniel and I had been married for seven years and was infertile the entire time. Um, I always wanted to have kids, but we just never were able to have children. So uh, Divorced, remarried. um, Nathaniel comes. That was all before (laughs) Jesus. That was all before Jesus. I got divorced, and then I met Jesus, and then I started going on mission trips all over the world. And then this cute, handsome guy comes along, (laughs) and uh, and I had never met anyone who could pray with the fire and passion and Holy Spirit of this man right here next to me. So um, he and I. Making me
0: blush,
1: (laughs) right? So on the day Nathaniel proposed to me, which we'll have to share our proposal story at some other point, but we never dated. Um, We were, we got engaged without ever dating and then we got married six weeks later. So um, we had prayed together before that, but we didn't really know each other all that well. So when Nathaniel proposed to me, I told him, you know what? I just want you to know (laughs) before you make this choice in your life that I don't think I can have kids And I said, and you won't find me like Hannah in the Bible, Samuel's mom, you won't find me like Hannah on my knees begging God for any, because I am called to the nations. And Nathaniel said, that's okay. I'm called to the nations too. And besides that, I know we have a big God and I trust him. Like if he wants to give us kids, I'll give us kids. Well, he gave us kids, but, (laughs) um, but because I felt like I was called to the nations, and because I felt like having kids would actually keep me from the nations, um, when I did start having kids, our first baby 11 months after getting married, and then we popped another one out every year for the next five years, yeah. <laughs> um, I felt like, in a way, yes, that... we
0: do know how that happens. <laughs> no, we don't need cable,
1: <laughs> cable TV, something to entertain right. us, other than. <laughs> anyway um so we uh comments here hey there annalee i'm so glad that you're able to be yay. with us today yay so you get a little of our fun story but so i had told nathaniel like i'm i'm called to the nations i'm i don't need kids and actually one of the things i said was i don't want to house two cars and a bunch of children because i'm called to the nations well yep. we have a house two cars and a bunch of kids but that's okay because the lord did something wild through that Um, and so when my babies were young, I really felt honestly, like they had cut off my ability to minister
0: (laughs) because Life life
1: was over. I couldn't get on an airplane and run out to, uh, wherever, whatever country I felt like the Lord was calling me to. I could barely even get to church some days, let alone grocery stores and things like that, because I just had this whole pile of babies with me all the time. And one day I was out jogging and I just was, um, I wasn't really thinking about anything. And the Lord just kind of dropped into my spirit, the story of Isaac and Rebecca and how Rebecca was pregnant and inside her womb, these babies were jostling and rustling and fighting. And she said, Lord, what is this? And the Lord said to her, there's two nations in your womb. And when he said that something inside of me just shifted because I realized that um, the Lord didn't see them as children. He didn't say you have two children in your womb. He said you have two nations in your womb. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my goodness, my children aren't just children in the way of me ministering to the nations. My children are the nations. And I get to minister to the nations right inside my home.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so we wanna talk about this mindset shift today because like Annalia is saying, Oh my gosh, I feel you. Right. (laughs) There are parents um, all across the world who have been in this place. And, and even if you find yourself, like you look at your kids and you're like, man, you are the most incredible miracle in my life. And I love you with my whole being. Like you can be that in love with your kids and feeling that love. Like, Cause, cause we all know as parents, like there's a difference between like, yes, I love my kids and I'm feeling the love for my kids. Right. Um, but, but you can be feeling all that level of love for your kids and still parent out of how you feel in the moment or how today is going or th- this season's circumstances. And, um, and, and I think there's probably a lot of people as well who are in the same situation that Amy was describing, like. I feel like my life is over. I feel trapped. I don't know what to do. And, um, and just, uh, you know, the Lord gave us a helpful perspective. So that's really made a difference for us. We just like to to offer that up to all of you guys listening and watching as well. Um, So um, like Amy said, when we got married, like, (laughs) I mean, it's hilarious. Like we almost registered, we registered for almost nothing. We actually asked people to donate, what they would have uh, used towards gifts. Like we asked them to donate towards us going on a mission trip, which we ended up not being able <laughs> to go to because she got pregnant two two months into marriage. Yeah, And, um, and it was a crazy enough, wild enough mission trip. We couldn't go um, while pregnant. So um, we did do something else, but anyway, like um, she'd been on the mission field two, for two years. I was a missions major in college. Like, we were called to the nations. Another time we could tell you our own testimonies of the Lord calling us to the nations. And, and then it was right after we got married, the Lord actually, I mean, it was like, he sat us down (laughs) because just it's a longer story, but I'm, I'm just giving you the bottom line of it was he basically sat us down and was like, Hey, I want you to lay down your dream of missions to help build what I'm doing in your region, and and so we did, and we planted here, and we had been here for all 15 plus now years of our marriage, and um, and sometime into that, I was reading the Book of Genesis, and I got to um, just after the flood story, Genesis chapter 10. And I'm reading. It's a. It's one of the genealogies. One of those really, really exciting passages that you really just. I can't wait to read that genealogy. Um, but God started talking to me out of it. He started highlighting the names that, as I'm reading them, and um, I wrote some of them down in our notes. Um, again, you can you can find the whole list in Genesis 10. But here are some of the names. Um, the first one that I came across that I already knew is Tarshish which if you remember the story of Jonah, like Jonah fled um, to go to Tarshish, like it was one of the cities on the other end of the world from where Jonah wanted, was told to go and he was fleeing the other way. But, you know, from way at the beginning of like the flood just happened and Noah's still there around all those years later, Jonah could flee to the city named after the guy born then. Um, Kush, which became like Ethiopia and this major African empire. Um, Egypt is listed there. Um, if you double check me on that, it's not actually going to say Egypt. It's going to say like Meserim or something like that. But um, I did the digging and it's actually the same name. It's Egypt. Um, and his kids are still with us today and still carrying his name. Um, Sheba Uh, like the queen of Sheba who came to see Solomon (laughs) Um, that was around Nimrod was this one guy who went and built the cities of Nineveh and Babylon which became the capitals of of Assyria and Babylon (laughs) like and um, and finally there was Canaan and Canaan became and all of his kids like all of Canaan's kids became the nations plural that Israel came into the land of Canaan and displaced them out of that land. And so it was just crazy. It was like, I felt like God was asking me, hey, where do nations come from? (laughs) And, and I realized just how short term my thinking is. Like, I thought that if I was going to make an impact in nations, then I had to go to nations that already exist. And I felt like God was saying, hey, what if you stewarded the nations that are just starting now? And they happen to be in your living room. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that really is so good. You know, um, I used to bemoan the fact that Nathaniel had the freedom to just go to the conferences and things like when all the is So, so good. That is such a good word. You know, I. Um, like I would bemoan the fact that Nathaniel could run off. He had the freedom that he could go, but I was kind of tied at home with the kids. And one day the Lord was like, Hey Amy, who do you think is the next Billy Graham? Who do you think is the next Heidi Baker? Who is the next president of the United States? Like, do you not know that the next world leaders are sitting around your dining room table? (laughs) And again, that shifted my perspective and gave me so much value for really who was sitting in my living room And especially um, as we get discouraged sometimes watching the news or, or seeing some of these problems in society that seem like they're out of control. And the question is, what can we do about it? I think, you know what, as we work to raise our own kids in our home with the understanding that they really are the next school teachers, they really are the next political leaders, they really are the next, evangelists and healing ministers, like there's so much um, potential sitting right inside our home. And so that gives us vision then for how we parent that we don't parent just for where we are today, but it gives us vision for where they're going. Yes. Annalise says where there's no vision the people perish. You guys are giving us parents such incredible vision for our families. Yeah. Like, you know, it, this can actually feel a little intimidating at times, Yeah. but it's really not meant to be. It's really just to up our yeah. honor and our value for our kids and to help give us strength so that when times are tough and it's like, you know what? I just want to, like, I don't care. I just want to walk away from this and make, make the conflict end, you know, Um, that it really is. No, we need to keep going because there's something bigger and there's something deeper here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and also, I mean, parenting is not for the lighthearted, right? (laughs) Like it's hard. Um, kids don't come in prepackaged, like options. <laughs> it's just they are. They're this. This. Um, they're this. They're, they're just. They are. And and we get to shape them. Um, and that's not always easy. It's not always fun. Um, and there are a lot of those times when when we just we wanna. And it, it maybe isn't like the I wanna quit and walk away. But it's the I wanna check out. I wanna go numb. I wanna. Um, it go just, I, I, I want to check out from this relationship to wall off. I want to distance myself. I want to, um, choose, find something easier. And, um, a- Amy had a post, uh, that she made, a, I don't know, a week or so ago, um, when she was, uh, telling a story about a time when she was putting Isaac to bed for a nap and she's bouncing him and she's just like, man, this is going to be so much easier when he's just... Eight, five years from now, or whatever, more than five, whatever. Like when he's eight, this is going to be so much easier. And the Lord stopped her in the moment and said, It will be if you put the work in now.
1: (laughs) Because, like, like, don't just think because they're a little older that it will get easier if you don't actually teach and train and shape them in this season while they're young. Right. I was like, Oh, Oh, (laughs) yeah. So,
0: so we're just thank you, Lord. we're, we're wanting to, um, and we're going to get into just some practical questions. What are some practical questions you can ask yourself as a parent to begin shaping, uh, this vision, not just, okay, you know, my child is a nation and that can be a helpful mindset shift, but, but really how do you turn this into action? Um, so one of the, um, One of the key things um, in this shift is just one of the things we say is that we don't parent from today. We parent for the next generation. Um, I'll say that again. We don't just parent from today, but we parent for the next generation. So some of what that looks like or what that means is we ask ourselves some questions like, how would we want our kids to parent their kids? You know, when our kids someday bring our grandkids over to our house for hanging out for Christmas, for family get together, whatever it is, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to ha- want, I, I'm, I know I'm going to want to have confidence in what's going on in their home <laughs> when, when I don't see it, you know? I want to know what love looks like in their home. And, um, and so in those moments when I'm frustrated and I want to act out of frustration or I want to respond based on the difficulty instead of on my value system, I think through what standard as am I setting for them when they're in an equally difficult space with their kids Mm -hmm. or, um, You know, what, what standard am I setting? What example am I setting? What precedents am I setting? Um, What's gonna, what, what am I putting into their minds and in their memories that's going to come up and be like, well, this is how my dad handled this. So this is how I'm going to handle it.
1: Yeah, I think that's really a good point, too, is, um, you know, some of what we share here isn't exactly to tell you how to do everything. No, it's to stir the questions, because sometimes we just do what we have been taught or what we've lived or that's what's just um, habit or routine or the easiest thing. And that's just what comes out of us. But when we realize that there could be a more significant impact to it, then that causes us to slow down and ask the question like, why am I doing what I'm doing? Is it just because that's how my parents raised me? Is that, is it because that's how all of society does it? Like, what is it that drives and motivates how you choose to parent your children? It really comes down to, well, what are you trying to accomplish? What's the vision in the end? And so, so sometimes we don't get like extremely practical. These are really good questions for you though, to sit and ponder please,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, write like, them down so that
1: you, you can and, think and through ponder it. Them.
0: I, I love something that Chris Vallison says about, about vision. He says, vision gives pain a purpose. Yeah. And, you know, we were just talking about that, this principle earlier, just as we were getting ready for this show was um, this is something we actually need to reinforce with our kids right now in, in just this season of our family's life that um, that, if you don't have this vision for some of what these questions we're going to be laying out here um, in the next 10 minutes or so. If you don't have some of these questions and, and some answers to these things, if you don't have this mindset shape, uh, shaping your your thought process and your decision making, then it's very easy to just do whatever gets rid of the pain. And um, at least in the moment. And so that might be, I bribe my kid instead of disciplining, or it might be, I, um, I correct things that really aren't a battle that needs to be fought. And it ends up creating this over time, this, I, I will just correct every last little thing. It begins to create disconnection between us and our kids because they're like, man, I just can't live up to your impossible expectations. It's like, you know, it, it can, it can do these things. Um, and so th- that's, these are things that are happening in our home too. And so we're, we're learning these are questions that we, that, that have helped us. And now we need to hand these questions off to our kids to see them, the, it help them as well and how they connect with each other. Um, so we don't just parent from today, but for the next generation, and so some of the questions, the other questions, the, the questions we ask ourselves um, are: How do we want our kids to parent their qu- their kids? What values do we want our family to still be living from five or more generations from now? What is what what is so important to us that we want it to outlive us, and what isn't that important? And is a battle that's not worth fighting, I ask all the three of those questions together because they're kind of connected They're They all tie together in different ways. So I'll, I'll read it again. I'll say it again. What values do we want our family to still be living from five or more generations from now? Um, again, a lot of what I know about value systems I learned from Chris Ballatin and some of the teachings I, I heard of him 15 years ago, but um, he talks about the difference between a just a simple value versus a high value versus a core value. And there's, there, there are values like, yeah, it's important to us. Um, and there are high values, meaning we'll sacrifice for it and Hey, um, air conditioning in summertime is probably a high value. Like you're going to sacrifice for it. You're going to pay in your electric bill. You're going to pay to maintain uh, this machine sitting outside your home that helps regulate temperature in your, in your living space, right? You sacrifice for it, but it's not a core value. You wouldn't die for air conditioning, right? So that we, we, we start by just recognizing there are different levels of how important something is for us. And it's, it's, I really would encourage everybody listening to this, Take the time, sit before the Lord, let, ask Holy Spirit to help you see and notice and and uh, articulate what are some core values, things like these are the hills that you're going to die on. Um, if you would die for it, then it probably, it probably is a pretty good in, indication that that's something you want to outlive you that you want to see your kids still living from those values. You want those things to still be shaping their decisions and their kids decisions and their kids decisions and their kids decisions.
1: decisions. Mm -hmm. So let's just take a quick example of this. Like obviously a lot of people listening, we are uh, a Christian family. And so our Christian faith is one of those values that we're willing to die on. Right. um, Die for. And so that's going to be a cost to us, not just in that we go to church on Sundays, <laughs> but it's actually going to cost us like we're going to have to sow into this with time in intentionally doing Bible devotional time and intentionally helping our children learn how to hear the voice of the Lord and intentionally helping our kids have discernment um, to know what is good and right and what is not good and right and things like that. And so I think that we can say, oh, I have the like I have Christian faith or, you know, church is important to me. But if the only time that we ever do church or Jesus is on Sunday for an hour, then I would say that that's not as high of a value as you probably think it is because because a true value that has value to you, you're going to be willing to sew and invest in. You know, another value for us, obviously, is family, which is why we're here. But we sew intentionally then towards family in we show up to help move our my you know aunts and uncles when they're moving. We go to the family reunions. We take time out while it might cost us something from our own life to sew into, our other family members, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, you know, and each other, then we know that 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 is what helps to, to instill that value in them and to perpetuate that value going forward.
0: Right. Yeah. Family shows up.
1: Family shows up and we say that to each other mm-hmm. all the time. I love that Nathaniel's mom has been babysitting in our home Man, once a, a week since the day my first child was born. 14 years she's been sewing into us. And that helps our kids gain and have that generational value. Right. You know, it's something simple like hand making Valentine cards or, you know, doing the little Christmas things. Or, We've you got know, the pile. <laughs> We've got us. the pile. You know, it's Grandma's. like.
0: If you see this, they're coming.
1: <laughs> you know, um, that helps sow that value into their hearts because, you know, we could do other things with our time and our nights, but we choose instead to do this. And right. so that's part of helping to know your values. Or if you say, this is my value, then how do you really ingrain that value into your kids? Right.
0: Yep. Yeah. How you choose to spend time is a huge. huge indicator of where your values actually are. Um, Or look your your,
1: checkbook. What are you spending your money on? Yeah, how you spend your money, how you spend your time
0: (laughs) Um, will will help you identify what values you're actually living from um, and what you're communicating to your kids in that. Um, So uh, what values do we want our family to still be living from five or more generations from now? What's important enough that we want it to outlive us and what isn't important, uh, what isn't that important and is a battle not worth fighting. This is honestly huge. Seeing it in the negative side, um, what is not like, okay, how, so connection is a huge value. If we don't have connection, we don't have relationship, we don't have life. And so connection is a huge value for us that we fight hard for how we express connection. That is not a battle. I die. I die on. And so do we probably let our kids play more video games than I would like? Yes. Lots more than she likes, (laughs) but guess what? Especially for our boys who bond by playing together, we see connection happen. And so, we're not going to fight the battle all the time. We do put limits on screen time. There's brain science and health issues and things like that. Um, and we, we do see a tipping point where it starts creating disconnection and fighting instead of connection and and fun. Um, so we do walk in a balance on those things, but it's not one of those absolute like, no, we're going to trash this. Video games are of the devil kinds of things. Um, so it, it's just we're not going to fight over annoyances. We're, we're gonna try to see what actually is something that needs to be addressed, versus, you know, just, hey, are these kids moving and growing in these core areas? And, um, and it's really fun, that just because I, I feel like we're in a turning point moment in parenting, where really, it it's, we're getting to learn as parents, how to impart these values to our kids. And, uh, a, a friend of ours, uh, fellow insight now podcaster, Peter, um, he, he told us, uh, there's a, a maxim in your in education that whoever's holding the pencil is doing the learning. And, um, and it's like, we are handing the pencil to our kids and these are the values this is how to process this and we're we're getting to see them learn and grow and figure out how to implement these things in their own lives um but that is the point because if they don't grab hold of these then it doesn't become what they then hand off to their own kids and then it doesn't become generational and we just raised some people we didn't birth a nation
1: Yeah. You know, I think this is a really, um, I I love this example and my kids get this. So Nathaniel has a a grandma who has collected and kept so much of their family, like heirlooms heirlooms and things. And there were all these pictures and there's information on them of who these people are and the family line. And they're sitting in a tote in my basement. And I am not like a junk person, a collector person. I'm like, I would love to get rid of these things. Like, But Nathaniel told the kids, you know, it just takes one generation to not want it for it to be lost forever, you know, and, and then we would lose that whole line of family history if we didn't choose to allow it to sit in our basement so that we can hand it off to our kids and they can learn the history and the heritage of their family and they'll probably pass it on to another child, you know, and, and so as soon as one generation doesn't choose to run with that then it's lost and tying that into nations as we talk about the value system and how important this is, is like when we look at the problems in the world today, ask what is the root? Like what are the values that are missing and how do we, how would we want to raise our kids so that this can be changed? And then those are the things that we intentionally sow into, that we intentionally talk about, that we intentionally cultivate, in their hearts because that's what they're going to take and so into the world as they go out um yeah anyway. and,
0: and we may only be two people but we got five kids and just imagine i'm not expecting that this happens but let's just imagine that they average five kids through their marriages well that turns to 25 if they do the same thing that turns to 125 and how quickly in generations it multiplies yeah and, and the 2 impact. three
1: generations, it's a completely different thing happening out there because yeah. we took the time today to impact our kids.
0: That's right. So go raise nations. This is the vision. This yes. is family, Amen. building family. Family is nations. Yes. You are called to the nations. You are called to your home and God's with you in it. Yeah. And
1: I'm just going to pray that blessing over you guys.
0: Yes, Lord Jesus, I just
1: thank you for the incredible value of family and of parenting and how precious these young ones are and Lord that that they truly are the next generation of world changers and world leaders. And so, Lord, I pray for grace for every parent out there today, Lord, especially those who feel like they're in a tough spot or facing situations that just seem really hard. God, that you would strengthen them, that you would give them vision, that you would give them hope, that you would help them to know which battles are worth fighting and which aren't. And Lord, for Um, Lord, grace for change that we would slow down, ask ourselves the question and then intentionally build towards what we want to see in Jesus name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless you guys. We will see you back here next Friday. Friday.